Welcome, welcome. This is Inspired by Movies, the podcast where we talk about movies and the true stories that inspired them. My name is MK. My pronouns are they, them. My name is Courtney, or Cake, or Pancake, and my pronouns are she, they. And my name is Emily, and my pronouns are she, her. Dope. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about the movie 42 today. It's the true story about Jackie Robinson, the first man to integrate Major League Baseball Fuck, this movie is incredible. It's so good. God damn, I'd never seen it before. And I just was like in awe the <laughs> entire time, just like in tears. I definitely cried at the end. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, I will definitely let you know the exact moment where I just started sobbing. Oh. <laughs> but like, and I just like, I texted yeah. MK and Courtney like afterwards, just what? An amazing choice, Courtney. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a great freaking choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when Especially we started after this, League of the Rams. Yeah. I, I just when we started this podcast, I knew at some point I would be covering this movie yeah. because it's A, one of my favorites, B baseball, C, I mean the importance of the story is yeah. it needs to be told forever. So yeah. absolutely. It's an incredible story. And this is Courtney's pick, just as you we you heard. <laughs> you, just as we just said. So let's fucking take it away. Yeah. Do your thing, chicken wing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cast. Emily, do you want to go through the cast? Sure. We have Chadwick Boseman as Jackie Robinson, Harrison Ford as Branch Rickey, Nicole Bahari as Rachel Rachel Robinson, T.R. Knight as Harold Parrott, Christopher Maloney or Stabler from Law and Order (laughs) (laughs) as Leo Durocher. We have Lucas Black as Pee Wee Reese, Andre Holland as Wendell Smith, Hamish Linklater as Ralph Branca, and Alan Tudyk as Ben Chapman. The guy who plays Pee Wee Reese, he's in fucking Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. (laughs) Is he? Yeah, and me and Griff, like when we watched the first time, me and Griff were like, Tokyo Drift. (laughs) That's my favorite Fast and Furious movie is Tokyo Drift. I, that's the only one I've seen, and I will tell you, I don't remember anything about it except for the drifting. It, yeah, that's, that's really, what it that's is really, about. That's pretty much it. And You're like, that's like, all you need. Hot girls, mm-hmm. hot people making out. Yeah. yeah. Drifting. Drifting. Car, cool car shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So the movie opens up. 1945 setting the tone everybody's back from world war ii and life is getting back to normal and baseball is back on they talk about how baseball is democratic only the scoreboard tells you who you are your stats that day and they talk about how jim crow laws are still alive and well and There are 16 Major League Baseball teams, 400 players in 1947. All were white, but one. About this beginning, like, is that black men were drafted into this war Mm -hmm. and fought and a lot died for their country. Then the ones who survived come back to fucking Jim Crow laws. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Bullshit. Anyways, go ahead, yep. carry on. I love that we're doing this, like your pick of this right after A League of Their Own, because I had just like, I know that we're going to talk about it. Like mm-hmm. I have like parts in my notes. The same thing where it's just like the men go off to war. 
the women play baseball, they mm-hmm. come back, get the fuck back in the kitchen. You right. know, like black men going and fighting in the war mm-hmm. for yeah. their country mm-hmm. to come back and be disrespected all mm-hmm. over again and mm-hmm. just like thrown in the fucking mud. It's such yep. bullshit. Such yeah. bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing happened after the Civil War, too. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, mm-hmm. black men were able to fight in the North. And yeah. what happens? Okay, well, you're not slaves anymore, so that's good enough, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> we're still going to treat you like shit. Yeah. Also, yeah. we're going to tell you, like, way after that you're freed. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. big deal. <laughs> Seriously. Going back to, like, the women, I even commented on that in my note. Life in the U.S. has returned to normal. So, like, all the white ladies who work their asses off to keep shit going in America, go mm-hmm. right back into the kitchen, yep. start having all the babies in the world, you know? And it's Boomin. just... <laughs> Boom. Yeah. I guess, like, watching these movies, uh, you know, A League of Their Own, and then, like, the League of Their Own TV show, and then this one, it's just so frustrating in how, like, people of color and women mm-hmm. were treated. And mm-hmm. then in, like, the League of Their Own TV series, mm-hmm. it's following a black woman trying to play baseball and there's literally no spot for her yeah anywhere and all she wants to do is play and she can't get anywhere yeah there's a part in league of their own spoilers where (laughs) where people are working in factories and the comment is made like save that money because as soon as those white boys come back you're going to be out of a job yep that's exactly what happened Mm mm-hmm yeah, so it's 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 a pretty good montage putting you into the the scene and the time and what this country has done going back on itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this country's really good at that. It, yeah. it just doesn't want to acknowledge our past and then just lets yeah. itself go backwards in time. Yeah. Anyways, so um, <laughs> here we are in 1945, and we are in Branch Rickey's office. He is the general manager of the Dodgers and the affiliate team of the, the Montreal. Montreal team. And he has a plan. Everyone's going to hate him. His wife says that he shouldn't because of his health. And, you know, everyone's going to hate him in baseball. Everybody's going to be against him. And he says that he's going to bring a black player onto the Dodgers. Harold is his assistant, I'm assuming. They don't really say what his position is. They just kept calling him, like, his guys. Like, Harold and... Clyde, they uh-huh. just kept calling him his guys. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just his the two. His yeah. homeboys. <laughs> Anyways, so Harold's freaking out, and he's like, "This, there's so much shit that's gonna go down. Like, have you lost your mind?" Clyde is like, "You know, it's there's an unspoken gentleman's agreement, but there's a code that you have to abide. You know, if you break an unwritten law, then you're just gonna be an outcast." Uh, Mister Ricky is just like, "Dollars aren't black and white; they're green. Oh, they're green. <laughs> yeah. Also, a win is a win. Yeah. You know, right? It doesn't matter who your team is; a win is a win. Yeah. <laughs> and wins mean money. So, cut to Jackie Robinson is playing for the Monarch as number 23 um he's kicking butt taking names talking shit talking (laughs) smack totally talking smack he's got a little mouth to him he like he likes to get them all riled up yeah like i love it yeah i mean that's how you play baseball it's it's psychological yeah (laughs) (laughs) getting in their head and he tackles to home you know like he he's physical and psychological and works hard Mm -hmm. cut to the monarchs are on the bus and they stop 
stop at a gas station and they're having small talk with the, the uh, gas attendant and Jackie goes to use the toilet and the gas attendant is like, you can't use that. You know you can't use that. In between that, he's like, but Coke is a nickel. <laughs> you know? right. And Jackie's like, um, yeah, you can take that hose out of our tank. We're going to go somewhere else and buy our 99 gallons somewhere else. Yeah, I love that. Obviously, the person just folds completely like okay fine use it (laughs) Uh, i wrote on my notes money knows money knows no race only green (laughs) (laughs) because it's like another like incident where that guy's like oh i want that money yeah 99 gallons is a lot yeah So in my research, I watched the movie The Jackie Robinson Story, mm-hmm. where Jackie Robinson plays himself. Oh, hell yeah. The year 1950. Really? <laughs> he plays himself. Yeah. I had no idea that that was a thing. Yeah. Is it fantastic? It is very much made in 1950. Um, oh. But it's, it's, it's really good. It, and I'm curious as to how much of it was actually from Jackie's story, like if he signed off on some of it on what they were doing because that's what happened or if they if he let them dramatize it a little bit but there's a scene where he goes into a restaurant which also it's ridiculous they have him on instead of the monarchs they have him on the black panthers team okay yeah which is like "Mm, okay Mm. um (laughs) and yeah so i need to take some tylenol for that fucking eye roll yeah and take a fucking nap (laughs) Yeah. yeah so he's on the team and and he's like the rookie, the new guy. And they're like, okay, the new guy has to go in. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's, and one of the players is like, you have to do these things for us. You have to, A, ask if we can come in. If we can come in, can we eat? <laughs> if we can eat, can we go wash up? And if we can wash up, can they also make us some sandwiches? So he goes in and he says, you know, hey, like, there's 16 of us out in this bus. Can we come in and eat? Immediately, the guy is like, "Uh, yeah, no, I'm by myself here. Like, I can't, I can't accommodate that. And the cook comes out from the back and he's like, I can make y'all some sandwiches, you know, whatever. And so Jackie is like kind of catching on to the fact that, oh, life on the road in the South is mm-hmm. not the same as what it is in California. Right. Because <laughs> he came from UCLA, mm-hmm. you know, where things are a lot, well, it's just not segregated or yeah. at least to my knowledge, it was not. Yeah. Well, like, because there was that scene where his wife is looking at the whites only bathroom. She's like, I've never actually seen seen one in my yeah. life yeah yeah okay so california has definitely got a vibe yeah yeah 100 percent. but yeah so it's just kind of it was really sad seeing him act that out and he's just like leaning up against the wall like you can tell that he's just like the realization of how things really are it was it was really hard to watch but yeah. anyway so that's in i'm probably gonna reference that movie a few times um mm-hmm. just kind of yeah. mixing it into this so cut to ricky and the boys ricky <laughs> and the boys yeah they're mm-hmm. so they're going through all of these different players files trying to scout somebody for the perfect person to bring on to the dodgers and 
they come across Jack Roosevelt Robinson. His middle name is after the president, by the way. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. And he is a four-sport athlete in college at UCLA. Side note, he varsityed all of those sports. Hell yeah. Um, Was it football, basketball, baseball, and track? He was a really good long jumper. Yeah. So the importance behind him being in college as an athlete at UCLA means he played with white guys Mm -hmm. and was successful still. Um, Also, he's batting 350 for the Monarchs. And that, that, that means good. Um, uh, thank you yeah (laughs) i don't know those things yeah i i barely like scratch the surface with my baseball knowledge i'm gonna be real but i know that's a real good number yeah (laughs) and also he was a second lieutenant in the army and clyde brings up yeah but he was (laughs) court-martialed mr ricky's like yeah because he refused to get into the back of a military bus yeah (laughs) you know which side note with that real story with that is that he he did go against the segregation and racism within the army and eventually his court case was acquitted and he was honorably discharged good Mm. so yeah there's that so yeah mr ricky's like yeah he just resents segregation if he Mm. was white we would call that spirit Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is so true i've got that line down too it's just like it's so fucking true Uh it's like the double standard and everything 100 percent. it's cool to watch mr ricky and yes he's like i want the money 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 but for him as a white man who's older in that time Mm -hmm. to really be like doing what he's doing and like standing up for jackie in like any way he can i don't know that Mm -hmm. always that just like struck me when i was watching the movie i'm like this old white guy who would think that would be like everyone else he's like no Mm -hmm. like yeah he wants the money but there's we'll get to it but there's other reasons why and it's just yeah he plays it off like it's it's all about money Mm -hmm. and in reality it's just as much of a risk for Mm -hmm. him as it is for jackie he's not getting shouted at while he's performing or anything but he's getting just as much threats as yeah. Jackie is yeah. for even being behind it. Yeah, he can lose the like entire club, mm-hmm. you know? My favorite wanna. line is next. <laughs> He's a Methodist. I'm a Methodist. God's a Methodist. <laughs> we can't go wrong. Find him. <laughs> yeah. So what do they do? They they go out to find him. Cut to back to the gas station. Jackie comes out of the toilet and there's some white dude asking for him. <laughs> He's like, um... Yeah. So, okay why yeah so in in the jackie robinson story movie a white guy goes to the locker room and says like hey i'm from the brooklyn dodgers um come meet me at the train station tomorrow morning to um to go to brooklyn with me because mr ricky wants to talk to you the other players on his team they're like oh yeah they sent me a letter too you know like whatever and so they make him believe like it's all fake Mm -hmm. and so he doesn't go he's like whatever this guy is like a joke next morning banging on the door like hey like what are you you pulling my chain here like i was i you made me miss my train oh god and so jackie's like i you were serious and then it like cuts to him like being in the office so i i don't know which 
like I don't know well, if, if that's like what happened if you know he just didn't believe the scout <laughs> I mean I wouldn't yeah because he had every reason not yeah. to believe like that is like again so unheard of yeah. for that time like yeah. being the first in in such a time like Jim Crow where it was mm-hmm. just anyways yeah I wouldn't have believed him either yeah, yeah. I would have been yeah. like oh yeah I'm gonna fucking go I'm like I'm yeah. probably gonna go get my ass beat right exactly like it I'm gonna show up to a mob yeah. <laughs> exactly (laughs) yeah and i i didn't even think about that until i saw that that movie i was like oh yeah like it's crazy that in 42 he doesn't really have any doubt like it just kind of happens yeah you need to come with us and then they're at mr ricky's office yeah i'm sitting there thinking because he's like go find him and then they're all of a sudden at a gas station i was like oh my god that's so fast but then (laughs) beat me up scotty you know how movies be You know how movies be. Yeah. <laughs> movie magic. Cut to August 28th, 1945. Jackie is in Mr. Ricky's office. And he's like, why am I here? Mr. Ricky says that he wants him to play for Montreal. And if things work out, he wants him to play for the Dodgers. The white Brooklyn Dodgers. He would get $600 a month and a $3,500 signing bonus. Which, I mean, come on! That's, like, insane. Like, in in um, A League of Their Own, the show, character Maxine gets a job at the factory. Spoilers. <laughs> and she's talking about $95. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's unheard of for, like, a month's wages. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, I think that's what they said. Yeah, so it was just, like... A six hundred dollar a month yeah. when a hundred bucks is really really good. Like that's insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I I think it's great that Mr. Ricky offered that for him because he knew how hard it was gonna be. Yeah. But he had one condition: can you control your temper? He's just saying, you know, imagine the reaction, the vitriol. You're gonna be worn out on the road, and you're gonna get denied everywhere. You're going like you're going to have slurs thrown at you. He starts, like, saying some really mean stuff to try and get him riled up. Jackie says, well, do you want a player who doesn't have the guts to fight back? And Mr. Ricky says, I want a player who has the guts not to fight back. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, he actually said that. Truth. Yep. Yep, (laughs) he did. (laughs) He did really say that. Which is amazing because in reality it does take more guts to not do anything yeah absolutely to just like be the be the bigger person Mm -hmm. you know and just like the only way you can fight back is just be good at baseball yeah play fuck a baseball and be better than all of them he says if you follow a cuss with a cuss or a blow with a blow they'll only see yours Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in the that's still a thing now yeah it's still a thing (sighs) In the Jackie Robinson story, he says, what if one, What if someone socks you in the cheek? And he says, well, I've got two cheeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, so they talk about, you know, people believe that black people don't belong there. And he says, we will win if we convince people of two things, that you are a fine gentleman and a great baseball player and that God will help them. (laughs) Jackie says, if you give me a uniform and a number, I'll give you the guts. So in the Jackie Robinson story, Mr. Ricky says, you know, think it over for the night. This is a really big decision. Talk to your mom. We'll pay the the phone bill for you to call your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And his mom and his brother are on the phone. Mom doesn't know what to do, so she tells him to go talk to a minister. <laughs> and he goes and talks to a minister oh, wow. <laughs> about 
the decision and if he should do it or not. And the minister says, like, this is going to be a big deal, but I think that it's going to yeah. make a difference. So, yeah, yeah. Um, in 42, they make it seem like it's immediate, but... Yeah, it, like a split, <laughs> like, yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson has got the guts. He has oh, to call Ray. I know, like, cut to Pasadena, California, phone ringing, and a little cutie walking to get it. <laughs> <laughs> she is adorable. She, she really is. so fucking cute. Yes. So, Jackie tells her that he's in Brooklyn, and she's like, what? Why? And he's like, I'm not supposed to tell anybody. We've been tested and we've done it all right with me making money and you in school. Will you marry me? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. She when? says absolutely so oh, fast. Oh, <laughs> In the Jackie Robinson story, real fast, <laughs> yeah. he sees her in person. He wants to wait until after he does games in the South because he doesn't want her to deal with everything that he's going to deal with in the South. Mm-hmm. And she says, no, I want it to be before then because I want us to go through it together. That's so. awesome. From what I've read about Rachel Robinson, she's fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He also says in the in the uh, Jackie Robinson story, Mr. Ricky asks him if he has a girl and he says, well, I've been traveling so much with the monarchs, I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. Oh my god. Essentially, that's not a quote. So funny. (laughs) Cut to Jackie and Ray walking down a hotel hallway. So sweet. So sweet. And I love I love her dress. Me too. It's just gorgeous. But she's, you know, asking if everybody looked happy and she wants to make him happy. And you know, what if I don't make you happy? And he says, Too late, you already do. Too late. (laughs) Adorable. And that part where he like picks her up every time all three times i watched this movie i said he picks her up and he said are you coming mrs robinson and i was like she about to (laughs) (laughs) i had the same fucking thought i was just like yep oh god but appropriate response from her she'd follow him anywhere that's right so sweet Mm. cut to flight to pensacola leaves in an hour from the New Orleans airport, Ray is just kind of staring at this door, says whites only on the bathroom door, and she's just in shock. She's never seen one before. She just has this look of, no, fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she just walks in, and Jackie tries to stop her, but he can't. And what happens? One of the people that work for the really? airline sees it, and she's like, oh, hell no. And suddenly, they need to lighten the plane, and they can't have them on the flight. And, oh, suddenly this white couple has room on the flight, mm-hmm. which this happened a few times to them in real life. I'm unfortunately not surprised. Yeah. 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 So he kind of demands, you know, give us back their their seats. And she just takes the phone. Do you want to call the sheriff or should I? Like, the fucking audacity. And then just for them to look over and see that, like, a white couple had yeah. gotten their seat. And I'm sure that <sighs> shit like that still happens today. I'm you sure. Know, it's sad. Anyways, so what happens? Bus is arriving to Pensacola. Wendell Smith greets them. He's telling, um, telling them that Mr. Ricky basically made him his new 
gopher. <laughs> his yeah. chronicler. Yeah. And his chauffeur. <laughs> his man. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's just all the things for mm-hmm. them. Also, he's a reporter. So their home is going to be at Joe and Duff Harris's home. They're going to be staying there. I guess Mr. Harris influences the black vote there, which is really cool. Ray makes a comment to Wendell asking where the other wives are staying and he says that no other wives have been allowed which is really cool on Mr. Ricky's um he knew that things were going to be so hard yeah. and he was going to be an outcast that he let her yeah. um be with him and mm-hmm. like also probably for her safety as well yeah because oh, like absolutely. I thought that too I was like oh but then I was like oh she needed to be protected yeah. too yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and then it cuts to uh white boys playing baseball that's what i said i said hey look there's stabler and a bunch of other fucking white dudes <laughs> <laughs> oh stabler stabler oh law and order um, mm. was it who was it that sent me that video of yes the, <laughs> the chick singing along guy in handcuffs <laughs> white boys playing baseball uh mr ricky comes up to talk to dorsher elliot stabler they're a little rusty it's the beginning of spring training and then it cuts to jackie getting ready ready and wendell's trying to talk to him about how he feels he's like okay here's the deal we really do need to talk about this like they're gonna swarm you when you're at the plate and you see like what do you do you have to see that ball come in slow same with the questions you got to see those questions come in slow and then lo and behold he gets on the field and is just swarmed by reporters and they're asking him like, what happens if someone throws at your head? What's your natural position? He's like shortstop. And they're like, are you gunning for Pee Wee Reese's job? And he's like, well, I'm, he plays for the Dodgers. I'm just looking to get on the, on Montreal. I like his response to what if they try to throw one at you? I'll duck. (laughs) duck. (laughs) I love how like his face when he says that, he's just like, I'll duck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the Jackie Robinson story, he says, same as you, I would duck. (laughs) (laughs) They ask him, you know, is this about politics? And walking away, he says, it's about getting paid. And they're like, he just wants to get paid. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, again, like just what Wendell was saying, like you have to watch your words because they'll take that and be like all he's doing is just wanting to get paid or he's gunning for peewee's positions like fucking double standard of it's of it all like it's just you know it's it's the same thing as just even today like Mm -hmm. if a fucking white man said it they'd be like make your paper yeah like (laughs) pretty much (laughs) like yeah yep Mm -hmm. exactly god damn so Jackie is introduced to Clay Hopper, the manager for Montreal. Ricky wants Hopper to get them all to work in harmony. Oh, before before I talk about this scene, actually, when in Jackie in the Jackie Robinson story, he kind of like jumps in to try and practice with them, and nobody's trying to throw to him. Mm-hmm. So he's like changing positions in what they're doing, mm-hmm. and like trying to be like, hey. Get involved. Throw to here. Throw to here. And finally, he mentions something like, hey, over here. Yeah, so he's 
trying to get into plays and they just kind of look at him like what the hell then he kind of breaks that ice like yeah I can throw the ball too we can we can play catch and (laughs) everything's gonna be okay yeah and so they kind of loosen up a little bit after that I'm safe it's okay yeah (laughs) yeah I can throw a ball and you can too (laughs) <laughs> I use the phrase, I'm just gonna, I told MK, but I'll let you know too. I use the the phrases bitch boy and piss baby a lot in my <laughs> notes <laughs> uh, in reference to a lot of racist white men. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I apologize if that gets a little old. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's it's the only way to describe yep. a racist. Mm, mm-hmm. You can be a little fucking piss baby about it. <laughs> God. But we're the snowflakes. But we're the snowflakes. <laughs> so Jackie is introduced to Clay Hopper, the uh, manager for Montreal. And Ricky is explaining that he wants them all to work together in harmony. Ricky makes a comment saying that Jackie is almost superhuman. And Hopper makes a horribly racist comment about what type of person is actually out there. Ricky turns to him and tells him, like, you need to understand, like, I understand that you were raised in the South and, like, nursed, like, racism from your mother's teeth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, yo, he, this yeah. part where he just fucking straight up, he, he's like, sit the fuck down. Yeah. yeah. Like. He, he shuts it. Like, yeah. Yep. He will not have it. And Mm-mm. again, like, just this old white dude, like, shutting it down left and right. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. like, keep it up and you're not going to have a job. Yeah, he's like, yep. I don't give a shit how mm-hmm. well you've done for me. You can, I'll fire you if, mm-hmm. you know. If you don't treat him equally. Cut to, what house is this? Is this? So they're in Sanford, right? I don't, I can't remember the name. It's Mr. Brock. I don't, yeah. that's all yeah. I have down. Mr. Brock. Okay. Yeah. So he's all excited that Jackie's going to be staying there. And the wife is like, what do I cook for a hero? And he's like, "Uh, you know, I'm just a ball player. And Mr. Brock says, you know, you're not just a ball player. You tell that to the little black boys out there. To them, you're a hero. Okay, so cut two. There's an interleague game. It's the Montreal team versus the Dodgers. And you see people walking into the colored section. And there's a little boy that is so excited. Mm, So Um, sweet. Yeah, Ed. (laughs) He's a little fan walking in there. I love that. And Ray is there. Isn't he... Yes. He was in the special features, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that little boy, all grown up. Yeah. He was talking in, like, the special features. <gasps> Is that who that was? Yeah. yeah. He was, like, wearing, like, the Mets shirt. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. yeah, go on. Yeah, so that little boy grows up to be a professional baseball player who won the World Series yes. um, mm. playing for the Miracle Mets. Yeah. I think yeah. that was, like, a World Series... Is like one of those like underdog stories. Oh yeah, that's so cool. That's why they call them the Miracle Mets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice little nod to you know those that Jackie had inspired at young ages. And yeah, then- I thought that was really cool. Ray is also there and Wendell is talking to her and she's like, it's all right. He's got a thick skin. And he's like, what about you? And she's like, well, I better get one fast. Right. Yeah. Little Ed is in the stands praying that they're going to do well. And in his interview in the, in the special features, cause I own the hard copy. Um, (laughs) I got something to say about that later too. Yeah. he, He was just saying like, he was praying in the stands. Like, he has to do well, otherwise we don't have a chance. Yeah, like, this is it. 
Oh God. And again, that part, that's about when I started crying. Yeah. When that little boy is like, please let him do good. Let him show them what we can do. Right. Mm-hmm. So what happens? Jackie's up to bat. Higby is the Dodgers pitcher and he's just throwing balls. He's not doing anything. And Jackie goes off to first because he got, it was a walk. Yeah. He like, Higby could not get it together. Yeah. And also too, he was like throwing at his head too. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was throwing all shitty throws. So he gets to first because it's a walk and he's like edging off first. Like he's, he's just trying to steal a little bit and it's fucking with Higby's head. As the announcer says, he looks like a cat with a hot foot. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So then he steals to second. Then there is a pickle between third and uh, he makes it to third. And I I wrote being cute with his wife. (laughs) They make little nods to each other. They have little signals to each other. And the whole time, like he's just, he's he's he's, getting into their heads. Yeah, he He knows it. And he knows that he can because of what's the situation. So Higby is so, he doesn't know what to do with himself and he can't stop looking at Jackie. And what happens? He goes to pitch and he drops the ball behind himself which is a bulk a bulk is when the pitcher drops the ball and therefore jackie gets to go to home so he He gets a score i love the little boy (laughs) he discombobulated the man his mom's looking at him like where the hell did you learn that word That situation is like even better than if he were to get up there and hit a home run because mm-hmm. it's like it shows it. I mean, it's just like what Dorsher says, like mm-hmm. he didn't come here to play. He came here to kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did. And it mm-hmm. showed in that. Yeah. You know, yeah. And like, stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A, a constant theme um, with black players in baseball is that people underestimated their smarts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they they were constantly undervalued because people genuinely believe that they weren't going to be as smart as the white players. Right. And this is a perfect example of how that is not true because that is so smart to get up in his head. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he did. Hell yeah. So badass. I yeah. love it. Cut to. Uh-uh. Um, is that when they're sitting there on the porch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're at the house. It's Wendell and the guy who owns it. I can't remember his name. Mm, Mr. Brock. Oh, Mr. Brock. Yeah. They're on the porch talking about how hard Jackie's working and such. Mm-hmm. And this creepy white dude shows up in a car. He it his vibe is like this old folk story of a ghost man that comes through. <laughs> like it's like the weirdest. Like, is he in there? Yeah, yeah. So he's asking, you know, is is he in there? And they're like, what? <laughs> and folklore of the ghost man. Yeah, yeah like that's what it seems like, like the racist man. ghost man yeah. giving man. warnings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he 
he asks, you know, is Jackie in there? And like, and says, you know, like he, you all should leave because there's more of me coming. He, it, it's so creepy how he walks away. <laughs> there be more coming or trouble, 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 trouble. Yeah, trouble, yeah. Trouble, trouble, trouble. it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Who, what and, are you even? And I'm like, <laughs> like trying to get them to leave, but he's being scary about it, but also warning them. Yeah, so it's like, like what's happening here? Up. Yeah. So Wendell obviously is like, uh, yeah, I'm going to make a phone call. Mm-hmm. And he calls Mr. Ricky and Mr. Ricky is like, yeah, you need to pack up and get back to Daytona immediately. But don't tell Jackie why, because it's going to get in his head. Jackie is packing, but he's like obviously pissed off. Then Wendell is driving them and he's stressed out and Jackie is all sad and pissed off and they stop at this stoplight yeah. in front of a bar. And well, this- no, that car gets out in front of them. Is that, I are thought they that escorting was, him? I th- no, I thought that or that was no. their plan because they like pulled out in front of them and then they slowed down in front of that bar so that they would have to oh, stop because okay. then they all looked back. That. And oh, that's what this I part that was like. Abs- the car was just naturally in front of them. No. I didn't realize they had pulled out yeah. on purpose. Okay. Yeah, because they were like all looking back at yeah. him. And I was like stressed and because that's when yeah. like yeah. They, when they were sitting there, everyone mm-hmm. came out of the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Jackie doesn't even realize what's happening. Like, yeah. He doesn't realize that there's a whole town pissed off at mm-hmm. him because yeah. they're trying to keep it from him. Mm-hmm. And then Wendell speeds off and Jackie's like, what is going on here? Evasive maneuvers. Yeah. yeah. Fucking, that part scared so me. Stressful. Like when that car pulled out in front of them and they were all looking at him and they were all like white guys. I was like, yeah. oh my God. so scary. Like I was stressed out so bad. Yeah. So then Wendell explains this is why we're hurrying out you know and jackie just starts laughing and he says i thought it was because i was cut yeah (laughs) and and, you know but jackie already knows that this shit's gonna happen he he already had it in his mind you know the worst that could happen to him while he's playing so he (laughs) his biggest worry is getting cut So then, cut to, Jackie is playing again in Florida. There is this white cop that's observing, and Jackie is killing it, and he does another another tackle to home, and he's safe. And then the cop comes out and is telling him that he needs to leave the field. They don't play with them. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of shit. You can't be wait- playing with these white boys. Yeah. yeah. So. And it's one of those things where, like, I was watching it, and I thought maybe he was just gonna, he was gonna use the tackle as like an excuse be like oh you assaulted a white man like that shit but it's just like he literally is just like you need to get off the field because you're black and you're playing with white mm-hmm. white men, yeah. like yeah. fuck off. And he's just like, and, and he proceeds to be a racist, fucking. And then he's like, he's talking to Hop, being like, oh, well, you should know better. Like mm-hmm. you're from Mississippi, you should know. And it's like, mm-hmm. <sighs> cuts to Jackie and Ray. They're taking a walk, and Jackie's explaining what happened and that he just kind of left, you know, because what can you do? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this white dude just walks up to them all fast. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Why would you do that? Like, so aggressive. Yeah, I like, got, I got like panic. I was like, oh god. Oh, god. Yeah, well, especially since it yeah. was because what had happened. What had just mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. This section of the movie mm-hmm. where I was just so stressed out mm-hmm. for yeah. his safety and his wife's safety. Right. But and then he feels the need after like coming up strong 
saying, you know, like, I just need you to know that I'm rooting for you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Yeah. He said that there's a lot of people in the town that are pulling for him, too. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just like... At the same time, it's just like that fucking adrenaline. The white guy who walked up didn't think anything of it. Of yes. course. Because he's never had to experience exactly. that. No. And whereas, like, they're both like, we're about to die. We're about to get killed. Right mm-hmm. now. You know? Well, it, it kind of made me think of that one time that we were at that drag show. And, and oh, this yeah. white dude decided to just stand up at the end of the show. And everybody froze. Yeah. Everybody, like, it was like the whole audience just froze like what is about to happen right now and he literally had to say it's okay it's okay i'm gonna say good things or something like that it's all good dude and see that's like (laughs) i like i don't talk about it a lot but like i have just like this overwhelming fear of just like being somewhere and someone showing up with a fucking gun. Yeah. Like anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's shit like that. Yeah. Where it's just like the dude just stands up and you're like, oh, we're all going to die. Yeah. We're all going like, to fucking oh, die. Yeah. yeah. Like it was, was all drunk and shit. I would have yeah. probably just like straight up passed out if that happened. Yeah. If I were there. <laughs> it was like he was saying all this stuff. It was like he felt the need to give us permission to live our lives the way that we were. And we're like, why did you just insert yourself? And also, you clearly understand that you are scaring us mm-hmm. because yeah. you had to explain that what you were going to say now he, you know is what? that we're okay. But right. you know what? We now have his permission. So. Mm. Yeah. Oh, good. We're fine. Yeah. We're Thanks good. for that. I'm so happy yeah. for you guys. <laughs> Anyways, just another example of a white man inserting himself and thinking that it's okay because he thinks it's okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Anyhow. cut to Jackie and Ricky are on the field, and uh, Mr. Ricky is explaining that um, he made Montreal. Jackie is like, why are you doing this? And he just kind of shrugs it off, and he's saying, you know, that he loves baseball and he wants to make a winning team. If you just keep running those bases and going for it, we're, we're going to get through this you know so cut to Jackie's on the train and he throws a ball to to little Ed it is so cute I love that so much that <laughs> scene where the boys are just like clamoring to go see him mm-hmm. off on the train oh and my then God. little Ed's chasing the train yeah. oh, I love it so, so then cut to April 18th 1946 opening day for the International League seasons versus the Giants. Ray is in the stands and she's not doing too hot. She goes to the bathroom and she obviously had just gotten sick and this lady kind of points out like when was the last time you had your period because you might be pregnant and then Mm. she realizes oh yep oh damn yep so lady in the bathroom like (laughs) (laughs) you know how many times I've been there (laughs) yeah um Jackie is playing for Montreal and he's wearing the number nine he's up to bat and what happens he gets a home run just right off the bat fucking run yep and Hopper eats his words and says he may be superhuman after all Mm -hmm. cut to eight months later they're back in California and Jackie is talking to his baby at the hospital 
And he's talking about how his dad took off when he was only six months old and he promises him that he would stand by him until he died. It's actually really sad. In real life, his son, his first son, passed away when he was 24 years old. Really? In a car accident. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that that just, that's so rough. But anywho. Anywho, so cut to Ricky is calling Leo, the Dodgers manager, um, in the middle of the night, and he's with a lady in bed. Lady. (laughs) 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 Man. Yeah, so he asks his opinion of Jackie, and he doesn't care as long as he can play. Um, And he just kind of asks about his temperament, and he's like, yeah, it's like he's he's good. He can play with everybody. And Ricky's talking about how the Bible talks about to love one another. And Leo is just saying the elephant thing. The elephant thing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, uh, he'd pay an elephant if he could play. He'd send his own brother home if he wasn't good. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, they're playing for money and they're playing to win. Yes, you know? exactly. And then Ricky makes a comment about, you know, uh, the Bible talks about adultery too. Got a lot to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just kind of leaves it at that. So cut to Jackie is leaving, going on a bus. He's saying goodbye to his baby and Ray. And she's just saying, you know, like, don't let him get to you. And it's going to be a whole eight weeks until he's back in Brooklyn. He's saying like, well, I could be going back to Montreal not Brooklyn you know who knows what's gonna happen and she's like no I know it's gonna be Brooklyn yeah Yeah, she's like you're getting close Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be a lot worse yeah cut to March 18th 1947 Kirby Higby and a bunch of other teammates are what is your word piss babies being a bunch (laughs) of fucking racist piss babies yep the Brooklyn Dodger Declaration of Independence is that what you're talking about they got to stand yep. up for America. <laughs> yeah. And they're just saying like, oh, they have us in Panama because they want there to be more of them than us. Yeah. And I'm like. Or they like want us to get used to playing around them. Piss babies. No, yes. I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. Yeah. So the the coach, it, it cuts to the coach um, telling Jackie that he has to play first base, even though he's never played it that way. <laughs> Lo and behold, the the first baseman, he's injured, and they try to get him to sign the petition, but he's like, uh, Mm-mm. no. I'm um, indisposed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So then it cuts to Jackie practicing. They're trying to work with him on the first base, and the coach wants him to be inconspicuous. No, conspicuous. Conspicuous. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mr. Ricky said, he wanted you to play conspicuous, so I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Jackie's just getting better and better he, when he's talking about playing conspicuous. Like Jackie, like like makes a really big breakthrough on the position. He's like, mm, that's conspicuous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's clearly picking it up and doing it well. So then it cuts to the piss babies <laughs> heavily. They're trying to get Pee Wee to sign, and he is the shortstop on the team, mm-hmm. and that's the position that Jackie is mostly played. That's his position that he likes to play. And they're like, well, you know, like, he's going to take your job. And he says, well, if if Jackie is man enough to play that position, then he's mm-hmm. trying to take it from me, then he can yeah. take it. Mm-hmm. You know, which I thought was really cool. So cut to Ricky calls Leo again in the middle of the night. <laughs> I like how he's just laying on the bed. <laughs> phone on his chest, just 
waiting, waiting for his call. Yeah. <laughs> Just like sprawled out, yeah. staring at the ceiling. Yeah. He's like, yeah. all right, here yeah. we go. Exactly. So he's saying, you know, you have full reign on what to do with those that um, sign that petition. Get them to straighten the fuck up. So Leo is stoked about that and <laughs> he gets all of them up in the middle of the night. Why in a kitchen? I don't know. So he can throw <laughs> shit around and be loud. Yeah. I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he comes in real hot. Real hot. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, Elliot's table. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, if if anyone doesn't want to play with him, then he could just transfer them, you know, like get the fuck mm. out. And he says, you know, I don't care what color he is. You know, what's the quote? He says, uh, I don't care if he's yellow, yellow, black, or has fucking zebra stripes yeah. or something like that. If he yeah. can help us win, then if he can yeah. help us win, which it looks looking like he can, yeah, exactly. then he's going to be playing in this club. Yeah. And he actually said that in real life. Yeah. So he's like, you know, Jackie isn't the first one. Like, there's going to be more black players coming on and they want to play. They're here yeah. to work, you know, so maybe you should stop concentrating on them and then concentrate on your own playing because otherwise you're out. <laughs> yeah, like you're donezo because they've been looking to play for fucking... Ever. Yeah. Cuts to Ricky talking to a player who doesn't want to play with Jackie. He's saying, you know, like he wants to be traded... Mr. Ricky is like, well, you know, I I need you to be professional until you get traded. Can you do that? And he's like, I'm not a quitter. <laughs> and Mr. Ricky says, only on yourself, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Ricky has zero tolerance for yeah, like for all right. Bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cut to Jackie is coming outside his hotel and he sees Wendell and he seems all mad at Wendell yeah. picking him up and Jackie just isn't saying anything and being kind of a little brat to him. Yeah. <laughs> Wendell is like, do you know why I am typing behind third base? It's because there are, it's not allowed for a black man to be in the press box. <laughs> you know, like this isn't just a struggle for you. Like this isn't just about you. And Jackie kind of realizes and apologizes, you know, like you're right. He says, you know, I'm upset because I am not used to people needing to help me. I don't like it when I don't want to need people, you know, so he's he's kind of letting him know. I love how after he's just like, I don't want people helping me. Wendell's just like, well, would you like me to stop the car so you can walk? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, love that. I love that so much. <laughs> so then it cuts to Ricky reading sports articles about how Jackie will just end up back in Montreal. And then he gets a call from the commissioner of Major League Baseball. And he's explaining that the Catholic youth group is boycotting the the Dodgers because Leo DeRocha is he's been caught cheating on his wife with a famous actress who is getting a divorce because of them. So they want to suspend Leo for a year because of it. Like any movie is like revolving around race. But for my I feel that way. There's always some white guy with a southern accent getting his nails done. 
<laughs> Yammering on about something. I feel like I've seen that in so many other movies where it's like race is a hot topic in it or like it's about racism and you know and it's like it seems like there's always that one white guy who's like, like getting a barber treatment in his being, office. Yeah. yeah, just like being yeah. uh, oh, I was gonna say being serviced, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's I don't think that <laughs> it's not exactly but like yeah. somebody's just like they're treating themselves in some way but also like Colin being like oh the Catholic Youth Organization yeah. you know like, yeah getting <laughs> yeah. his nails filed by yeah. late, his yeah. secretary probably mm-hmm. every time every time every time yeah <laughs> carry on <laughs> yeah in reality he was it wasn't he wasn't suspended because he was committing adultery it was because he supposedly was involved with gamblers so there's that it's 1947 the season's about to begin the Dodgers still don't have a manager cut to Jackie wakes up to a phone call he has a contract to sign in Mr. Ricky's office he goes over to Mr. Ricky's office and he signs a contract to play with the Dodgers cut to April 15th 1947 opening day. Um, Jackie is walking into the locker room. The locker room attendant takes his stuff and explains, you know, I'm I only found out about this last night and we'll get you a locker soon. Like you a know, uniform. Yeah, here's your uniform. And it was it was kind of sweet. <laughs> um, some are being welcoming and some not so much. Go figure, Higby, not stoked. He gets his uniform and it's number 42. So then Jackie is stepping onto the field and he's surrounded by press and he sees his wife in the crowd with his baby. Um, (laughs) And I like that Mr. Ricky is next to Harold and he's like, another opening day, Harold. All future, no past. I love the announcer. He's Dr. Cox. Yes, Dr. Cox. (laughs) The old redhead here. And I love. He's so good. Everything he says, like. It's so perfect. (laughs) Yes. As that announcer. The announcer is talking about the how the Dodgers, they they haven't been doing so hot. And Jackie's up to bat. And it just makes me laugh. Jackie is very definitely brunette. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's one way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, So then Jackie hits the ball and he gets to third and he gets called out, even though he was very obviously safe. That ump is out to get him. Oh, yeah. (sighs) Yep, just a little snapshot of how it's going to be, you know, because it's not like they can roll the footage or anything. So it cuts to Ricky, Mr. Ricky in his office. I like how I'm just calling him Ricky. That's what I called him in my notes. Yeah. Same. Okay, good. They only refer to him as Mr. Ricky. Yeah. Who names their kid Branch? (laughs) Branch. (laughs) I was just thinking that. I mean, I've known people who've named their kids like Spirit. This is my child. Branch. Stick. Yeah, this is my Leaf. This Leaf. Is, right. Yeah. Well, Leaf Garrison. Leaf. Oh, yeah, L E I. But it's not L E A F. Someone was like, oh, yeah, my name is Leaf. And they're like, oh, well, L E I F. No, L E A F. Yeah, no, yeah. just regularly. Well, anyway, yeah. so Ricky. Yep. So he's in his office and he's talking to a retired manager, Bert Shottam. 
Um, he's talking about how he promised his wife, you know, he wouldn't put on another uniform. He's been happily retired for the last two years. Ricky is like, yeah, well, I want you to manage her anyways. And Ricky is schmoozing, schmoozing. Good salesman. Oh, good yeah. businessman. Sure. And he's like, well, you said you'd never put on a uniform, not that you wouldn't manage. You could wear a suit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so obviously he agrees. So cut to the worst scene in this whole movie. The Phillies manager being the fucking worst. That's what I wrote in my first line. This one had to be really hard for you, Emily. It made me really upset. Yeah. Because that was like, I mean, because, okay, I mean, you guys know, like, I'm not huge into baseball, but baseball was like my, mm-hmm. my pop and me. Like, that was like, yeah, you know, our thing. And yeah. He was long lifetime mm-hmm. like lifelong phillies fan it's just tough because like uh i think i was did i tell you both about it or was i just telling you my grandfather is uh was first generation american mm-hmm. um he came from his family came from russia oh. and uh fucking they immigrated to philadelphia uh-huh. and my grandfather was involved in baseball as a kid and Aww. stuff like that and my his parents were really fucking racist yeah <laughs> and so but my grandfather he rejected that that those ideas and stuff like that and he played with you know all of his like neighborhood kids mm-hmm. they pl- all played baseball it was just like it was stick a big ball. deal stick ball <laughs> yeah yeah and i was talking to my mom about it after the scene and everything we were talking about my pop and just like his experience with all the diversity in philadelphia and how his parents handled it and uh-huh. just not very well and, and when he was growing up just rejecting those ideas and when he met my grandmother they decided to have a family and he was they both were just like we are not gonna have that in our house like Mm -hmm. my mom was just describing to me like how my grandparents raised her growing up in that in that household and with all the other kids in Philadelphia and everything and it was just it was a lot to watch this scene to have that be so in your face i was yeah. like fuck man like yeah. i had no idea and my mom was like she was like oh yeah like of course like it was really pervasive all over the country yeah. back then but like philadelphia was a really really mm-hmm. back then very yeah. racist <sighs> who's gonna talk about it because i don't yeah I I, i'll i'll do it i'll, <laughs> I'll swallow this okay so i wrote most times i've ever heard the n-word in my life <sighs> I felt like I was, I've had to take a few breaks during this scene Mm because I felt like I was physically ill, Mm -hmm. like every time he said it. Mm -hmm. And he said it (sighs) rapid fire. Yep. Yeah. It it was, it hit you in the gut and and that's the point, right? Yeah, that's Um, the point. Yeah. So Jackie keeps getting thrown at. He ends up hitting a fly ball and is out. Everybody is obviously uncomfortable. Uh, and, like, even the ones that you wouldn't think would be uncomfortable were uncomfortable by yeah. by that amount of shit coming out of his mouth. Um, in my notes, I just wrote the captain, uh, not the captain, the manager. Is he the manager? Manager, yeah. yeah. The manager of the Phillies is being a fucking piece of shit little bitch boy bringing shame to my fucking city. And it's mm-hmm. making me fucking sick to hear these words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. Chapman is his, Chapman. is ben, his name. Ben Chapman. Yeah. Well, Nick, you can see, like, it keeps, like, kind of panning throughout his own team's dugout. And the mm-hmm. one catcher that was like, I don't want to play with him, like, he was getting 
Yeah, he was uncomfortable. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was getting like it looked like he was like getting emotional. Yeah, or, like so then he just keeps on, you know, keeping on talking about, you know, if he's showering with them, then it must be a mess and just all sorts of garbage like that. Yeah. And then he's asking if he likes white women and that he should they should be scared about him being with their wives and yeah. he must have been with this one, she, whatever. Yeah. Everyone is getting pissed off about that. Yeah. Jackie is up to bat again and he he ends up getting out. He hits, but he he's another. Yeah, which is the fact that he is able to get a hit is great. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that it gets caught, you know, that just happens. Yeah. So it's like everybody's so. like, all right, all right, whatever. So then Chapman is um he's he keeps saying shit and there's like eye contact. Yeah, Jackie goes down to the dugout and he is just mm. yeah, he like breaks he breaks his down, he loses his shit. Yeah, um having a full breakdown. Oh. Um and Ricky shows up. Jackie's like the next white guy that speaks his mouth is getting his teeth punched in. You know, being like how am I supposed to do this, you know? And Ricky is like pumping him up and saying, you know, he has to do it. You're the one that's living this sermon 40 days in the wilderness by yourself, but you just have to get out there and score and win. And mm-hmm. that's what you have to do. Everybody needs you. You're medicine, Jack. I love that when he's... He needs to help heal this nation, you know? Mm-hmm. And the most awkward hug ever. <laughs> um <laughs> So there there were a couple of people that were consultants for this movie, and his wife was one of them. And she was like, yeah, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, this part didn't happen, but the director felt that it needed to be shown how yeah. infuriating it, it must have been. Yeah, it was something along the lines of, like, he needed to, it, as a way of, like, humanizing him. And Yeah, so Jackie is about to go up to bat, and he says, well, I'm going to need a new bat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's going out there, and lo and behold, Chapman just keeps on going. Mm-hmm. And finally, Stank, who used to be a teammate of Chapman's, just walks right up to him and is giving it to him saying, you know, like, you know that he can't fight back. Why don't you go against somebody that can, you know? He makes the comment saying, like, what's it like being his little bitch? And he's like, well, what's it like being a redneck piece of shit? (laughs) (laughs) Jackie hits and gets to base. And this is where the the announcer says he's as restless as a cat with a hot foot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Because he's just doing his little dance, you know, shuffling off the the base, yeah. you know. I love him. His, He's just fucking around, you know. Yeah. Yes. I wrote his it's scrappy so play. Scrappy. <laughs> I yeah. have uh, the base steel shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he steals the second and then the third and then he ends up scoring home. I didn't know that pitchers could throw not to the batter. Mm-hmm. Oh. I was unaware of that. Mm-hmm. I was like watching and I was like, wait a minute, is yeah. have to do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that that's when baseball gets really fun. You don't really see that many yeah. people stealing anymore, mm-hmm. it seems like, compared to this style. Bring and they talk, yeah, they, they talk about how this was actually a, a style that Jackie brought from the Negro Leagues is that it was much more aggressive in stealing bases. So I, I thought that was really cool because white baseball was kind of much more lackadaisical, like just kind of... my favorite words. Yeah. <laughs> Babe Ruth was a ch- chubby guy. Yeah, and a lot of them hit, were chubby that, guys. That's why he hit so many home runs because he couldn't run fast. 
sterile. Like white baseball was just like, it just seemed so like. There wasn't it, contact. It was yeah. just kind of, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a total expert on uh, baseball, just so you all know. <laughs> just kidding. Um, okay. He shuts up Chapman because he he gets a point. Jackie goes to the dugout and he sits next to Stank. Stanky. And he, you know, he thanks him. Stank just kind of brushes it off being like, well, you're on my team. What else am I supposed to do? You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then after the game, Chapman's being interviewed and they're asking him, you know, like, where don't you think you were going hard on him? He talks about (laughs) how he would call Jewish players and Italian players slurs. And after the game, everybody forgets about it. You know, like playing it off, like it's just no big deal, like whatever, it's just part of the game. I just wrote, he's a racist bigot to anyone who's different than him. No big fucking deal. Yeah, I wrote, he really uh, digs himself a hole with that racism shovel. Yeah. (laughs) Racism (laughs) shovel. Like it just was like, oh no. Like he's, and he's like, once the game's over, it's all forgotten. And it's just like, you just, you insulted everyone. Yeah. Single person on the fucking planet. And he, it's like all those people that you hear saying, I'm not a racist. I hate everybody equally. You're like, it's not cute. That's not fucking cute. Not cute. (sighs) Why is it about hating people? Why do you have to do that? So we got through this scene. That was the hardest. I'm glad I warned you about it because I'm really glad you warned me about it too because I I don't know. It was Mm -hmm. fucking hard. I yeah, and like also because of the Phillies, like I feel like it would have hit harder (laughs) if I didn't. (laughs) I mean, you told me about it and it still fucking broke my heart and like made me rage. Yeah, like. I just kept having to, like, pause it and, like, stand up and, like, walk around a circle in my living room. Just, like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Seriously. Like, yeah. it was so – and it just kept going. And going. And, going. and everyone was just – no one was saying anything. It's um, so hard to watch. I have a question. Yes. How far away is Pittsburgh from Philadelphia? It's, like, on the other side of the state. How mm-hmm. how it's long does it take to get there? Six, eight, six hours. Okay. So oh, it's a- anywho. So Jackie is telling Ray that he almost lost it at that game. She's just, you know, telling him to be strong. I like um, the line he says where he's just like, I don't care if they like me. I don't even care if they respect me. I've got enough respect for myself. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. It's like, but they almost broke me today. Uh-huh. I, I love this next scene where Harold comes in super pissed mm-hmm. at Mr. Ricky. Freak out. Yeah. <laughs> he's like having a little mini freak out. Harold used to be against him. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Ricky is like, you know what? That Philly's manager is doing a service by creating sympathy towards Jackie. Mm-hmm. You know, like the player next up, you know, the player who wanted to be traded came in and he's like, why? And he's like, well, America's changing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, sympathy. So somebody is getting traded instead. And who is it? Higby. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, he gets traded to Pittsburgh for, for speaking his bitch. mind. He's like, what is this? Not America anymore. Someone speaks their mind. And yeah. blah, blah, blah. Home of the free. <laughs> when you don't want to play with somebody that lives in your own country. Okay, mm. weirdo. Yeah. Anywho, so. So 
cut to Ricky is on the phone with Herb, the owner of oh the Phillies. He's saying, you know, well, I'm I'm going to cancel the game tomorrow if Jackie comes with them because we're just not ready for that here in Philadelphia. Ricky's like, that's fine. We'll take it as a forfeit, you know. <laughs> and I love <laughs> this so much. Oh Do you think God likes baseball? <laughs> I wrote like, hey, I'm not a God guy, but I love this part. Yes. <laughs> My God. Yes. Do you have it written down? You think God likes baseball because one day you're going to meet God and you're going to have to explain why you didn't take the field against Robinson in Philadelphia and you answer because he was a Negro may not be a sufficient reply. Oh. Yes. <sighs> it's so great. Yeah. Yes, motherfucker. Yep. If I can let him have it, Branch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Dodgers are showing up in Philly, May 9th, 1947. They show up to the Ben Franklin Hotel, which is funny. And immediately the hotel manager comes out and is saying that they need to leave. Um, the whole team needs to leave. He does the chin thing. He does the under the chin <laughs> slip off. I dying. Yes. <laughs> I haven't seen that in so long. So long. Like sometimes I do it to throw people off <laughs> you know like yeah. does everybody know what that means anymore because nobody does it I, yeah nobody does it I yeah know. but anyway so what's his face white player says maybe 42 has enough friends in town to stay at their houses ryan merriman yeah ryan merriman that's his his, that's the Dixie actor's Walker. Dixie. Dixie Walker. Yeah, that's his name in wow. Life. That's his name in real life, and I only refer to him as that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Disney okay. kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then that starts some shit. He says he wants an apology from Jackie for making the season a sideshow. Really? He's like, I just want to play ball, and Jackie's like, Yeah, me too. They're having a little fight in the team. And also the manager and the hotel manager are having at it too. It cuts to the Phillies owner, <laughs> or the, the Phillies GM and the manager talking about this news article, how the lynch mob is, you know, still out there and is out there without a robe. And he's like, this makes us look racist. <laughs> Oh, no, it makes you look racist? Because <laughs> you are. Because yeah. you are fucking racist. Yeah. So he's like, you got to fix this. You know, you, you got you to gotta do something. Oh, and then, of course, Chapman is just like, oh, a Jew wrote that article. Yeah. Uh, like, okay. Go away. Okay. Mm-hmm. You said you still said these things. Yeah. yeah. Like, it doesn't matter who wrote the article. You still said those words. Yeah. So then it cuts to Harold telling Jackie that Chapman wants to pick with him. And it's funny because Jackie's like, you've been drinking? And Harold, like, laughs and he's like, oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, just an example that the most hardened man can chain. But Jackie wants to do it on the field in front of everyone. And it's you can tell that Chapman is stalling. He, he just keeps saying shit like, you know, the Phillies, you know, we support him and we wish him luck in this league and, you know. And he claims that, like, his abuse was literally just a trial of fire. Yeah, and to, like, prepare him for what he's going to have to deal with. It's just standard. Like, you see this shit all the time. How many times has somebody said, oh, what? Why are you taking it so seriously? Mm-hmm. You know, like that kind I'm of. just joking. Yeah. Fuck off. All of that. And it still happens to this day. Yeah. I'm not a racist, but. 
<laughs> yeah. He's being realistic. Yeah. Jackie is like, Whatever. here, let's hold a bat so we don't have to touch skin. Yeah. You know? and, and he seems okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the next game is against the Pirates. Oh, and um, Pittsburgh. Yeah. So Jackie gets hit in the head <laughs> with the ball from the pitcher, Ostermeyer. Ost. Ostermeyer. Mm-hmm. Ostermuller. Yeah. Oster oh. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, you got it. Uh, yeah. Ostermuller. Something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. The Dodgers immediately go out there to to fight. Cuts to Ray and Jackie on a bus, and she's just saying, if they knew you, they would be ashamed. Mm. Cut to Pee Wee comes into Mr. Ricky's <laughs> office, and he's saying, you know, like, we've got this game in Cincinnati, and it's basically a home game for me. And I just got this threatening letter. And Ricky, Mr. Ricky goes, well, how many letters have you gotten? He's like, only one. Isn't that like enough to, you know, forfeit the game or whatever or get the police involved? And Mr. (laughs) Ricky starts pulling out literal stacks of paper. And he's like, what's that? And he's like, these are all of the threats that we've been getting (laughs) from people towards Jackie or his wife. And he's like, Yeah, so of course, Jackie knows about this shit, Mm -hmm. and so does the FBI. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, Pee-wee's like, I just want to play ball, and he's like, well... So does so Jackie. Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't think that he, he doesn't want to come and play ball? Yeah. Like, like, these white players just have zero grasp on, like, yeah. they just keep saying, well, I just want to play ball. And it's like, you keep thinking that for this black player, it's just political. It's not, I mean, it's slightly political for is- social justice, but it's not, like, it's just, why can't? People yeah. just play ball, you know? Yeah. It's it, Jackie just wants to play ball, too, you dumbass. Yeah. So, cut to Cincinnati, June 21st. Immediate racism. Oh, God, and that little boy. Uh, yeah. Oh, that scene, like, it simultaneously broke my... Because the scene itself, like, the beginning broke my heart. And at the end of the scene, I was just like, fuck yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, just... Yeah. It was definitely a roller coaster scene. Yeah. For not mm-hmm. being, like super long mm-hmm. yeah but it's a strong one yeah so i i believe it that's peewee's dad no so it's a little boy and his dad in the stands and they're the little boy's a fan of peewee oh okay and so they're like, just do you fans. think he's gonna score blah 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 and his dad said when i saw my favorite player it was a magical day and then jackie walks out onto the field and everyone immediately starts booing him the dad starts booing him and the little boy is like looking around and then starts saying the same sh- exact shit that his dad is saying mm-hmm. and then that's when they're like warming up and then mm-hmm. peewee comes over to him and he's just like you know what let's just play ball and he like puts his arm around him and everyone's like freaking out but mm-hmm. then like that little boy sees and peewee's his favorite mm-hmm. favorite player so like powerful scene yeah it's just really cool maybe tomorrow we'll all wear 42 so that mm. they can't tell us apart yeah. <laughs> this next part is kind of my favorite oh yes, yes. i love that scene. what is this player's name oh gosh it's the italian dude yeah. uh ralph bronca yeah. yes so bronca comes up to Jackie in the locker room and he's like, why do you wait for everybody to finish showering before you shower? And he's like, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. (laughs) And he goes, 
Come on, take a shower with me, Jackie. <laughs> Come on, Jackie, get that dick out. <laughs> and he's like, wait, no, not like that. And I put hashtag no homo. <laughs> he's like trying to, you know, come take a shower with all of us. Yeah. Aww. So, yeah, he, he goes and takes a shower with the team, which is, you know, bonding, but, you know, still makes some people feel uncomfortable. Mm. So then it's <laughs> the next game versus the Cardinals. I love the line. This game is just as tight as a new pair of shoes on a rainy day. Yes. <laughs> it's the old redhead, right? Yeah. That, now that's an announcer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jackie is on first base and a runner comes and he gets straight up spiked. But Jackie, of course, has to get up and act like he's good. And his teammates are all trying to help him up. And they're like, you better throw the ball right at his head. You know, mm. that kind of shit. And um, Jackie's like, no, just strike him out. Get him out. You know, like, we have to keep going. Mm -hmm. Jackie is getting stitches and reporters are questioning him about <laughs> getting spiked. And they're like trying to contradict him. Like, well, are you saying that he's a liar? Because he said that it was an accident, you know, and like kind of trying to. It's like twisting his words. Yeah, they're trying to twist his words. Then Ricky, Mr. Ricky comes up and shoes them away. So then he's alone with Jackie and he was saying, talking about how he was passing a sandlot and there was a little white boy playing like you do. And again, Jackie asked him, you know, why are you doing this? Like, what, what is the deal? And he says that he loves baseball and he was a coach 40 years ago with a black player. He was broken because of the color of his skin and his struggles that he had to deal with, you know, being treated so differently from his white teammates. Mr. Ricky kind of ignored the struggles and he vowed that he wouldn't do that again, mm -hmm. kind of to make up for that, I think. Yeah, he promised himself that he would have the courage next time because he didn't. And it's, I, I feel like there have been a lot of situations where it's the like the show what would you do you know yeah and sometimes you surprise yourself and how much you don't do mm -hmm. yeah jackie is leaving to go on another tour of games you both looked at me so fast at the exact same time it was a little creepy <laughs> <laughs> um can we talk about how fucking adorable rachel is in the baseball camp oh yes. god i know and I how she like cannot get over that i just wrote "Ooh, rachel in the cap <laughs> seriously and how she's like talking and she's like don't lunge at the plate and all this stuff i'm like oh, yeah. <laughs> so then it cuts to wendell writing about how Jackie has guts and how he's changing the world and it takes a team working together is how you win and they're working towards winning the pennant uh, next game versus the Pirates. Mm. The fucking pitcher is Austin Mueller throwing balls. He's not mm. throwing anything that Jackie can actually hit. And Jackie calls him out for it. He's like, what are you afraid? What are you afraid of to throw something that I can hit. He throws him a proper a proper pitch and what happens? Jackie hits Ho, 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 doctor, home run. <laughs> I'm like, get, this is the part where I cried. Yeah. Like, I'm like getting goosebumps yeah. just like thinking about this scene. Uh, like, <laughs> and he's, sorry. No, go, go, <laughs> I was going to say, it like cuts like in between, like back and forth to the game. Ray 
walking her baby through the neighborhood. Yeah. And like she's everyone's cheering. Everyone's <sighs> cheering and they're like celebrating for her. Like they yes. see her walking down the street with the baby and he's running to home plate. Yes. And he's running home to Ray. Oh. And I'm <laughs> sobbing and I'm just like, oh, I love this scene so much. Yes. <laughs> No, it's fantastic. Oh, it, it's such <laughs> it's, a great. It's a great end. It's like, so it was yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was amazing. And then Higby's like Pittsburgh, <laughs> like as Jackie's doing his home run trot. Yes, Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. So funny thing, we were watching this on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. And there's like all those screenshots, you know, stills of these different players and it's very obvious that something in words should be there did you have words on yours like captions or Uh no like um at the end like there's like stills or pictures of the of the actors yeah did yours have words Mm -mm. yeah it has words (laughs) yeah we were like is there something supposed to be yeah it was like there has to be words there they're missing something like it's very obvious i thought it was just like all that negative space yeah what were the words so was it I, just like descriptions of what we were looking yes, for? Yes. So I was like, okay, <laughs> was we like, have to do hard copy on this next one because if there is something, it's going to be on the hard copy. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to read off all the words because if you're watching it on Netflix, all those words are gone. So I'm wondering if some of these are false and that's why or something to that effect. It, the first one, Branch Rickey was elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 1967. Pee Wee Reese was elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 1984. Wendell Smith became the first African-American sports writer to join the Baseball Writers Association of Mer- of America in 1948. That's false. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me the tell me the true one. I have to. I didn't realize that that was in the in the film. Wendell Smith is said to have been the first black member of the Baseball Writers Association of America. In reality, Sam Lacey was the first, having joined in 1948. There we go. Why not just take out that one? Wrong. Okay, so next one is Eddie Stanky went to manage the St. Louis Cardinals, the Chicago White Sox, and the Texas Rangers. Ralph Bronca was a three-time All-Star. He won 21 games in 1947. He lived and worked in Rye, New York. 1948, Ben Chapman was fired and never managed again. Good. Yep. Good. Yep. God. Bastard. Dixie Walker got traded the following season to Pittsburgh. (laughs) Good. Ed Charles grew up to become a major league baseball player and won the World Series in 1969 with the Miracle Mets. Rachel Robinson started the Jackie Robinson Foundation in 1973. It provides scholarships around the country. Jackie was named Rookie of the Year in 1947. In 1948, Roy Campanella and in 1949, Don Newcomb came to to the major leagues. He won the World Series in 1955 against the Yankees because he stole home in good. game one. He was elected into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 1962. And every April, all Major League Baseball players wear 42 as a reminder of Jackie's accomplishments on and off the field. 42 is the only number that was retired by all of baseball. And... Fiend. Fiend. The end. 
Oh, that was great. Amazing. Holy shit. Amazing. Yeah. That's a lot of words that were not in the ending. <laughs> I know, at least just yeah. of the movie. Like, yeah. cut just the ones that yeah. are false. Yeah. Maybe do a little edit. Yeah, I fix don't know. it. It's like, fix it. Because <laughs> we were, we, we were just sitting there like, What's going like on it just here? felt so it was just a montage. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was like, this is a very strange montage. Yeah, the timing yeah. is weird. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like I should be reading something right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we were all right, Emily. Me? Yep. Okay. With the facts, <coughs> my sources are, of course, IMDb, Wikipedia, VanityFair.com, Essence.com, Variety.com, and then I got the uh, interview with Alan Tudyk off of ABCNews.com. Yes. ABCNews.go.com. That go? Yeah. Okay. I did take a lot of information from interviews with Chadwick Boseman, Nicole Bahari. Is that how you say it? Bahari. 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 I, <laughs> I literally I looked at nothing. Oh, I that's just, right. You didn't I just do- watched the movie. I'm just like, <gasps> oh, that's right. You yeah, didn't. This- I did nothing. <laughs> this was your week off. Yeah, you I like that we kind of like trade off. On, I like, like that who, too. Who, I I feel like I got lucky. I I took a couple weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, nope. Scary movie, I don't feel like it. You watch scary movies. I'm like, nope, I already did my part. I watched a scary movie. That's a lot of work for you, man. It is a lot of work. I haven't lost any sleep over it at all. Have you? I don't. You'd you'd let us know if you were getting tired of us picking scary movies, right? Okay, good. I do find them silly. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll give that, you know. And I hate them. (laughs) But but I'll do it because friends. For the pod. For For the the pod. pod. You gotta die for your art. And for friendship. Mm -hmm. Is it biopic or is it biopic 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 okay because yeah. i've heard it both ways and i really don't think that one of them is not right yeah i think biopic is appropriate because it is picture show picture show a- all righty who wants to hear some production fun Me. I do. i've got some for you yeah. all right so this particular movie was the result of two other failed attempts at making a biopic of Robinson's rise to fame. The first attempt was by Spike Lee in 1995 with Turner Pictures and his own production company, 40 Acres and a Mule Film Film Works. Lee planned to write and direct the film to be released in 1997 and was looking forward to having a film exposed to a wider audience that typically wouldn't have been inclined to see a Spike Lee project. Unfortunately, in 1996, the production fell apart due to creative differences and the film was never finished. Huh. Then, in 2004, Robert Redford had designs on his own Jackie Robinson biopic with the idea that he himself would play the role of Branch uh, Branch Ricky. Uh Howard and Karen Baldwin joined on this endeavor as producers best known for their hands in producing Ray, the 2004 Mm -hmm. hit biopic about Ray Charles, as well as 42 writer Brian Helgeland. Is that how you say his last name? Oh. Helgeland? Helgeland? I'll say it that way. I'm sorry. Uh, Let us know if I'm saying it wrong. Say it how you say it. (laughs) Uh, So the guy who wrote 42 was involved in this one with with Robert Redford. Uh I had a hell of a time trying to figure out why it didn't get made. I couldn't find anywhere. Really? Why it didn't. I was talking to my mom about it. She was like, maybe like something like like 
imploded or something and it just like one of those like Hollywood secrets that nobody like talks about Mm. I don't know why it didn't get made but it didn't get made Brian Hoagland kept his script but it was ultimately announced that the movie would be produced by Legendary Pictures with Harrison Ford co-starring as Branch Rickey. Jackie Robinson's widow, Rachel Robinson, was actually involved in both endeavors. 42 had and has a generally positive reaction from the audiences. While it received mixed reviews ranging from Lisa Kennedy's glowing Denver Post review, this story inspires and entertains with a vital chapter in this nation's history. To a tepid opinion from Richard Roper, this is a competent but mostly unexceptional film film about a most extraordinary man. What? To a disappointing description of TV movie of the week dull, Robinson's ordeal is hammered home to the exclusion of virtually everything else in his life from Peter Rayner at the Christian Science Monitor. What the fuck? I know. I was like, wow. So So I thought like that review, it kind of, I particularly didn't like that review simply because like it says, it was just like, where did it go? Robinson's ordeal is hammered home to the exclusion of virtually every everything else in his life, which I don't think that that's true. I mean, baseball specifically was such a huge part of his life. Yeah. Like, what do you want to talk about? Well, I mean, his activism is is worth talking about, but it's like, okay, he retired and became VP of Chock Full of Nuts. Like, yeah, like it's not supposed to, the movie is about the baseball. Yeah, baseball. Like, and so, yeah. What I was just he's like, known for. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like baseball was such a humongous part of his life that like, like it did throw in other parts, like his relation, his marriage with mm-hmm. Ray and just mm-hmm. like, you know, all this. So despite the mixed reviews, Rachel Robinson has been noted as saying it was important to me because I wanted it to be an authentic piece. I wanted to get it right. I didn't want them to make him to make him an angry black man or some stereotype. So it was important for me to be in there. I love the movie. I'm pleased with it. It's authentic and it's also very powerful. Yeah. And so I feel like it's important for somebody who actually was involved in his life in such a important way to be more approving to be approving of the movie than some fucking movie critic. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like it, that's more important. So I have a few things of Chadwick Bowman, yes. yeah, for real. Let's dedicate this oh. episode to him, Chadwick Boseman. Oh. Here are a few things of him on playing Jackie Robinson, um, along with spending countless hours with Rachel Robinson, learning his mannerisms on and off the field, like how he stood while in the field, how he acted with his wife in public and in private. Um, his baseball training was very intense, lasting five months from January till May. They would record his practices, and every couple weeks, they would put them side by side with footage of Jackie Robinson uh, with his games, and so they would compare them and, like, break down, like, what he's doing wrong. Like, he became him, like, basically Mm. for the movie. This extreme training uh, would leave Bozeman with bone bruising on his feet that lasted several months after training, or after filming, sorry. (sighs) Yeah. He was like talking, he's like, I had like bone bruising like crazy, (laughs) you know. Bozeman received countless messages, unending feedback from fans of both his talents and Robinson's, telling him how much Robinson's successes and bravery broke through the expectations of the day. He has this to say to Vanity Fair in regards to the impact of portraying Robinson. If you thought about him being an icon and a hero anyway, that actually is the pitfall in playing the role. It's the biggest pitfall you can fall into 
YouTube, he didn't know that he was going to be a hero. In fact, he has to deal with that heroism throughout the movie when he finds out that being in Major League Baseball is a bigger deal to everyone that he thought it would be. You can't completely block out that feeling of responsibility, but you can focus the same way he did, one thing at a time, moment to moment. Eventually, all the pieces will be there. Wow. And I just love that we did this one after A League of Their Own. Yeah. Because that ties in so well, too, because, like, yeah. the, oh, gosh, what was her name? Uh, Maxine. No, uh, the movie. Gina Davis. Gina Davis's oh. character. Oh, Dottie Henson? Yeah, Dottie Henson. And how she's she was always like, it's just something I did. It's yeah. just a thing I'm doing, yeah, you know? Yeah. And like, and in the beginning when her daughter is just like, you don't understand how important what you did was, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just like, I really like that we did that this after that one because it's just mm-hmm. like the feelings of it are really similar. Bozeman recalls being challenged by Rachel Robinson asking him if we had made this movie when I wanted to make this movie. Sydney, uh, po- is it Poitier? I don't know. No, you don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. French. Gonna... You're all right. Uh, Sydney Poitier would have played your role, and then Denzel Washington was supposed to play it. And now we have you. Who are you? He answered by telling her that while he felt he'd never live up to either actor, he'd put his entire life and self into the role. Bozeman was also wildly unapproving of the work of his stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Why? After all of the training and conditioning he had done for months, upon seeing the work of the stunt double, he knew it was all wrong. Um, He was so against it that he rallied to have the crew let him film the scenes instead saying it also helped tremendously with getting him into character quote you walk out of there with this feeling of i actually kind of know what this guy was going through i can identify with the emotions i can identify with how tired he was i can identify with how abused i can identify with the loneliness of it so i can carry that into this moment and use that because you know it's real to me now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just so like it's i don't know he just did such an amazing job he um, really did. He did in everything that he did. Yeah. Like the well, intensity. Like he just actor. has this natural intensity about him mm-hmm. that like you can tell that he takes everything that he does very seriously. Yeah. So Nicole Bahari has sung the praises of Rachel Robinson as well in interviews, explaining how inspired she was by Robinson's widow in their talks on and off the set. Despite being 90 years old, Robinson has been lauded by Bahari for her demand for respect in her physical presentation and strong supportive presence wherever she goes on set. She also explained that during their private meetings, Robinson even allowed Bahari to read some love letters that Jackie had sent to her um, to get an even stronger stronger grasp on their relationship oh. and the dynamics of it oh and everything. My God. I thought that was really sweet. That's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> During the Phillies game scene, <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> right. It's not going to be too, this is just like the no. actors yeah. and everything, but mm-hmm. yeah, the Phillies game. Alan Tudyk and Chad McBoseman actively avoided each other on set in an attempt to just kind of drive home those feelings of animosity. Tudyk, between between takes, he would watch videos of violent street fights. Oh God! <laughs> to like get in the character, and I was like, oh, that makes man. sense, I guess. Yeah, like what? What do you got to do to put yourself in that headspace of that. everything that you're against? <laughs> right, exactly. Like that awful. Oh, man. Do we know how he felt about playing a part like that? No, I didn't look that up. I should have, though. Uh, I can. I mean, 
I, I would be interested yeah, to, to, know. to know his feelings about playing it's like it. Topher Grace, how he had to like take a break and Ugh, edit all yeah. the Lord of the Rings together. Filming scenes in which he hurls insults at Robinson was difficult. It ended up being hours and hours of screaming that stuff. It was awful, Tudyk said. It would put me in the worst mood. You would have to be in this place of anger. <laughs> I think they mean place, but they wrote palace. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you would have to be in this palace of anger and hate. You would have to be in this place of anger and hate and just living there. Tudyk worked opposite Chadwick Boseman, who stars as Robinson in the biopic, and said that actor chose not to interact with him on set in order to stay in character. In the beginning, when I first met Boseman, he said, I'm not going to talk to you. Tudyk recalled, I respected his process and thought, okay, that's fine. I think we will probably work to my advantage as well if I don't like you and we didn't have a chance to become friends. After shooting a critical scene together in which Chapman's racist remarks put Robinson's willpower to the test, Tudyk said that he had said the two had a bonding moment. He came up afterwards and apologized for distancing himself from me. He said he respected what I did and... And then we went out to dinner and hung out more after that. Tudyk recalled. Tudyk said he was blown away seeing Bozeman's final performance on screen. Jackie Robinson is a hero and the story of his life taught me. Tudyk said, people have been amazed at how recent this history is. It's amazing at just how unfair it was and how unfair things were. It's not that they were perfect now, but we've come so far. Yeah. So Yeah, Yeah, I could imagine having to shoot and reshoot that scene for hours and hours would you know make you have a bad fucking day uh, unless you're actually a racist it's like how many times did he say the that that in the scene that like rapid fire that yeah oh god poor guy anyhow On the scene where Oster Mueller uh, hits Jackie with the ball, Oster Mueller has actually explained in like real life interviews that he that during that game he actually hit Jackie on the wrist and that it was by accident. Sure, <laughs> he's like sure, okay. He said it was not racially fueled and there was no gigantic fight on the mound afterwards. Hey, in addition, Oster Mueller pl- pitched left-handed. Not right-handed, like in the film. Oh, yeah. Because that's important. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the important part. (laughs) Right? He's like, I'm not a racist. Also, they got my hands wrong. (laughs) (laughs) In true history, uh, Leo Du... Now I don't have no idea how to say it. Du Rocher. Yeah, Du Rocher. Leo Du Rocher was not suspended as a manager of the Dodgers due to his marital infidelities, but because of his involvement in illegal gambling rings, Mm -hmm. going so far as to involve another active baseball player, leaving Dizzy Trout, pitcher for the Tigers, heavily in debt to him. Oh, God. Yeah. And on a feel-good note, uh, Pee Wee Reese's Someday All the Dodgers Will Be Wearing the Number 42 line was a real line said by Dodgers outfielder Gene Hermansky in 1951. It was kept in as a line for Reese due to his more prominent role in the film. As Robinson's first day on the field as a major league player was April 15th, 1947. Every April 15th since 2004 has been observed as Jackie Robinson Day. Mm-hmm. And every player in the league wears the number 42. And those are my production facts. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It is with the so, true story that inspired them. Yeah, so I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> so the true story that inspired them. Okay, so Jackie Robinson. I will first preface that 
this is the most research that I have ever done on one of the movies that I've picked because I do not want to fuck this up. The amount that this man did for this country in just a few years, and I watched a documentary called After Jackie, which is equally important Mm. because it talks about the treatment of players after Jackie Mm -hmm. and how just because Jackie paved the way doesn't mean that it was an Mm. easy road changed automatically. Exactly. And there was still that bias, you know, everybody thinks, Oh, well they get to play. That means it's cool. Right? Like, Mm. no, there was still prejudice and Mm. racism within the league. So I just hope that I, I do this subject justice. So my sources are JackieRobinson.com, LibraryOfCongress.gov, MLB.com, Major League Baseball, History.com, NationalBaseballHallOfFame.org, NPR.org, Wikipedia, you know, SmithsonianMagazine.com, Time.com, USA Today, (laughs) the MLB dodgers.com the sabr.org the that's the that is the society for american baseball research they're doing a lot of yeah they're doing a lot of research on on players in like the negro leagues which is really cool because they don't have enough research. Yeah. I also got information from CBC Sports, um, Sports Illustrated, and I think that's it. And TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, I watched some videos on TikTok. They were really interesting. <laughs> there were there was um, some stuff on TikTok that was he was on obviously some talk shows, but it was fun to see him in uh, What's My Line, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they didn't guess who he was. Mm-mm. And one of the contestants said that <sighs> he had played, he had seen Jackie Robinson play in a college game and that's one of his favorite stories to tell people and Jackie Robinson is like can I contradict him <laughs> and he's like I wasn't in college during that time <laughs> yeah that's he was hilarious. like 1944 I was not in college yeah like, that's a year before he yeah that's <laughs> hilarious yeah <laughs> i'm like wrong black guy no seriously <laughs> wrong black guy. yeah he was like oh that's what they told me <laughs> i'm like mm, mm, sure mm. okay the dodgers website surprisingly has a really good timeline of his life starting from 1919 that's when he was born he was the youngest in 1936 his older brother Mm -hmm. mac robinson got an olympic silver medal for the 200 meter dash wow yeah so like he was always kind of comparing himself to his older brother Mm -hmm. he really looked up to him and sought his advice for a lot of things in 1938 he participated in the jc track championships in Pomona, California, and he set a national junior college AAU record in the broad jump. In 1939, he enrolled to UCLA and he varsityed in four sports that we talked about. So he ended up dropping out of college because of financial hardships. In 1941, he was hired to play semi-pro football for the Honolulu Bears, which, fun fact, at that time, they weren't a state yet. Really? They were not a state yet. (laughs) 
Hawaii? Oh, shit. Yeah, I believe they became a state in 1959. Oh, wow. Is that oh, incorrect? Shit. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. yeah, look it up. Yeah, August 21st, 1959. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Yeah. And what's what year did he play Nin- for? He played for them in 1941. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, their first exhibition game was in Pearl Harbor. Oh, God. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he left there in December in December of 1941. Oh, wow. Um, just two days before the Japanese attacked. Are you fucking kidding me? Holy yeah. shit. Two days? Yep. So wow. he was yeah. actually That's on wild. the ship Lurline on his way home when Congress formally declared war. Fuck. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. So what a turn I, of events. I bet yeah. he was shook. Right. So in 1942, he was invited to a tryout with the Chicago White Sox. He got there and nobody showed up. That's oh, so it was. So that's probably why he was like, fuck you. I'm not. Yeah, that's probably why he yeah. thought that like, was like no. the railroad thing. Yeah. Train. Yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah. What? I'm just the railroad the ro- chain. <laughs> the railroad thing. Train. <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking about how he was just like meet me at the train station oh, and I'm just I don't know the word for train apparently mm, <laughs> no. yeah that's actually that yeah that that would track you know having shown up for an audition and them just it kind of being just a joke and yeah just... and then yeah I don't believe you yeah right. like, like uh, no I've been tricked before so like he'll show yourself. up to the train mm-hmm. there wouldn't be anybody there that same year he was inducted into the U.S. Army 1943 he got a promotion to second lieutenant in the army so 1945 Jackie joins the Negro Baseball League and plays for the Kansas City Monarchs he was invited to try out for the Boston Red Sox, and neither the manager nor the players showed up for his tryout. So that's why he was like, yeah. didn't believe the other guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not the Red Sox. Yeah. Do me dirty like that. Yeah. Um, they ended <laughs> up being the last league yeah. to integrate. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do better, Boston. Yep. Mom. Later that year, in August... That's when Jackie met Branch Rickey. 1946, that's when Jackie plays his first professional baseball game in for the Montreal Royals yeah. at Roosevelt Stadium in Jersey City, New, New Jersey. <laughs> Jackie was super popular in Montreal. Like they, so I read some articles saying that Montreal didn't really have the same issues necessarily with racism because there wasn't a huge culture of slavery. Mm -hmm. Their drama was mainly between the French and the English. Mm -hmm. There was some sort of religious, I don't know your history, but yeah, racism wasn't necessarily a thing. The Montreal Royals won by 19 and a half games. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. 19 and a half? That's what it says. I don't know okay. what that means. Maybe a forfeit or something. Oh, oh maybe. Yeah. Jackie finished the year as the International League batting champion, compiling a 349 average in 124 games. 1947, Jackie is voted the first ever Major League R- Rookie of the Year. Two years later, they would give one to a member of each league. Jackie also finished fifth in the National League's Most Valuable Player voting. 
Nice. Yeah. In 1949, Jackie joins Roy Campanella, Don Newcomb, and Larry Dobby as the first African Americans to play in an all-star game. He also testified before the House Un-American Activities Committee about roles of blacks in the military. Oh. Yeah. Um, so he kind of starts getting into activism at this point. Then that year, he also is named the National League Most Valuable Player. He wins the batting title by batting a 342 with 203 hits and 124 RBIs and 37 stolen bases. Jesus. What does RBI mean? Runs batted in. Well, he's up to bat whoever, like, it scores points that's like an rbi oh okay like how many gotcha. points has he batted in okay <laughs> <laughs> so that's a lot and 37 yeah, stolen for- bases that's a lot. <laughs> yes. So, 1950, Jackie and Rachel have their only daughter, Sharon Robinson. Aww. Yeah, and baby, that's baby, when baby. he stars in his film biography, The Jackie Robinson Story. That is the year that Branch Rickey resigned as president of the Dodgers, and Walter O'Malley is introduced as the new president of the team. 1955, the Dodgers claim their first world champion, beating the Yankees by four games to three. Hell yeah. Yes. I was reading this. Well, because, like, the Yankees are, like, I mean, they've always been, like, this mm. dynasty. and yeah. But they, like, were, nobody had beaten them in the World Series for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just winning year after year after year. Yep, like and, they do. And uh, <laughs> that World Series is what broke their streak. Yep, that's... It's impressive. There has been a lot of talk around whether Jackie actually slid into home and whether it was safe or not. Uh But I mean, obviously it was deemed as safe, so they won. But yeah, it's that's kind of an interesting thing. It's just a lot of controversy. Around yeah, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, of course there is. Yeah, all the Yankee fans. Yeah, fucking racist. That in like angles and such, you know. Yeah. In 1957, Jackie announces his retirement, and he was a he was traded at that point. He was traded to the Giants. Okay. Yeah, and he had been playing for ten years at that point. Wow. Yeah. So how long do baseball professional baseball players typically play before they retire? Usually about that long. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, like once they hit like maybe mid forties, like forty is old for baseball okay. players. Well really like any sport. What's mm. old for football? I feel like I, it's younger. I think it's younger too, just because of the strain that mm-hmm. they put Physical. on their bodies. Well, like Tom Brady is like Considered Isn't he like ancient. A thousand yeah. years old. Yeah. In, in football, football years. Yeah. <laughs> He's ancient. So, yeah, he was at that time, he was planning on retiring anyways because he was offered the position as um, the vice president of community relations for Chock Full of Nuts. Mm, Chock Full mm-hmm. O Nuts. That same year, Jackie Robinson, along with Martin Luther King Jr., receive an honorary degree of Doctor of Laws from Howard University. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So Jackie Robinson and Martin Luther King Jr. were like buds. Bros? Yeah. Martin Luther King is quoted saying he got a lot of his inspiration on how to to do protests and things from Jackie Robinson. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And um, I had no idea. No, you... 
when Jackie Robinson signed on with Chock Full of Nuts, he had it in his contract that he could spend as much time as he needed in activism. Cool. Yeah. So cool. I love that. Yeah. So he spent a lot of time in activism. 1958, Jackie Robinson acts as a spokesperson and fundraiser for the National Association of Advancement for Colored People, also known as the NAACP. In 1960, Jackie campaigns for presidential candidate Richard Nixon. <laughs> okay. What? He campaigns for? For him. He actually pulls out later once yeah. um, he realizes his stance on things. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, it, it does tricky dick. So. Yeah, tricky dick. So in 1962, Jackie Robinson is inducted into the National Hall of Fame. His plaque reads, Jack Roosevelt Robinson, Brooklyn NL 1947 to 1956, leading NL, meaning Negro League, batter in 1949, holds fielding mark for second baseman playing in 150 or more games with a 992 led NL in stolen bases in 1947 and 1949. Lifetime batting average of 311, joint record holder for most double plays by second baseman, 137 in 1951. Led second baseman double plays 1949, 50, 51, and 52. With that, with him being inducted into the Hall of Fame, he only wanted to be recognized for his athletic achievements and not him being a trailblazer or doing being the first. Later, after his death, his wife had added to the plaque um, a little statement about his being a trailblazer and being the first black man. So in 1963, Jackie joins Martin Luther King Jr. and many others in a civil rights protest in Birmingham, Alabama. Very famous. Yeah, throughout the years, he is very involved in politics. And let's see, 1968, Jackie is named national chairman of the Brotherhood Week for National Conference of Christians and Jews. In 1970, Jackie constructs in 1970, the Jackie Robinson Construction Company is established to build housing for families with low and moderate incomes. Wow. That's cool. That mm -hmm. is really cool. Um, 1972, Jackie's number 42 is retired from is retired in a ceremony at the Dodger Stadium along with Roy Campanella's number 39 and Sandy Colfax's number 32. October 14th, Jackie makes his last public appearance before the start of the second game of the World Series in Cincinnati. He said, I'd like to live to see a black manager. I'd like to live to see a day where there is a black man coaching at third base. So it's like fucking make it happen. Right. Okay. So less than two weeks later, he died of a heart attack. Oh, no. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, 1972. 1972. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this is a portion of the eulogy. Jackie's body was a temple of God, an instrument of peace and that had no commitment to the idol gods of fame and materialism and empty awards and cheap trophies. Jackie, as a figure in history, was a rock in the water, hitting concentric circles and ripples of new possibility. Jackie, as a co-partner with God, was a balm in Gilead in America in Ebbets Field. When Jackie took the field, something within us reminded us 
of our birthright to be free. And somebody without reminded us that this could be attained. There was strength and pride and power when the big rock hit the water and concentric circles came forth and ripples of new possibility spread throughout the nation. He did not... He didn't integrate baseball for himself. He infiltrated baseball for all of us, seeking and looking for more oxygen for black survival and looking for a new possibility. His feet on the baseball diamond made more than a sport, a narrative of achievement, more than a game. For many of us, it was a gift of new expectations on that dash. He helped us to ascend from misery to hope on the muscles of his arms and meaning of his life. With Rachel, he made a covenant where he realized to to live is to suffer, but to survive is to find meaning in that suffering. Today, we raise our hands and say hallelujah in his last dash, Jackie stole home. Pain, misery, and travail have lost. Jackie is saved. His enemies can leave him alone. His body will rest, but his spirit and his mind and his impact are perpetual and as affixed to human progress as the stars are in heavens. The shine is sun and glow in the moon. This mind, this mission, could not be held down by a grave. No grave can hold this body down. It belongs to the ages, and all of us are better off Because the temple of God, the man with convictions, the man with a mission, passed this way. That gave me fucking goosebumps, dude. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah, very well written. Whoever wrote that eulogy is fucking boss. Seriously. Wow. So the following year, the Jackie Robinson Foundation is established. The JRF is a public not-for-profit national organization founded by Rachel Robinson as a... as a vehicle to perpetuate the memory of Jackie Robinson and his achievements. I also wanted to talk about a couple other things that are going to be really surprising to you, I think. Jackie Robinson wasn't the first black player to play with white people. So it has been said that Moses Fleetwood Walker was an American baseball prof- uh, was an American professional baseball catcher who historically was credited for being the first black man to play in Major League Baseball. So that was in the 1884 season. Yeah. Um, I read that too. I was just yeah. like, oh, holy shit. And then I was going to yeah. say it. And then I was like, nope, Courtney's going <laughs> to. Yeah. I know she is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I am. Um, so the SABR has been researching this quite a bit. They have found research that even before Moses Fleetwood Walker, evidence says that William Edward White was the first American baseball player in major leagues because he passed as a white man and he self-identified as a white man. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So And what year was that? Do you know? He played as a substitute in one professional baseball game for the Providence Grays of the National League in June 21st, 1879. Wow. Yeah, so that predates Moses Fleetwood Walker and his brother who also played uh Weldy Walker by 5 years. And that was 68 years before Jackie Robinson. Damn. Damn. Yeah, so it's it wasn't that that Jackie Robinson was the first, but he was in the in the 20th century. It was after the quote gentleman's agreement that 
came around mm-hmm. in the late 1800s. Huh. Agreement. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. When did um, when was the quote unquote gentleman's agreement reached? The formal beginning of segregation followed the baseball season of 1867. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. The Pennsylvania State Convention of Baseball in Harrisburg denied admission to the- <laughs> fucking Pennsylvania. <laughs> I just Emily's just like God. yeah. I'm sorry, fucking- but Pennsylvania isn't having a great record right I mean, now I with know. baseball. They really, they really struggled, didn't they? I would never have thought, you know, just with how it is now. Oh, but yeah, they really struggled. Mm-hmm. There I for mean, a like, second, didn't I they? mean, we Philadelphia now, now is great. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. Well, like God. I've only known Philadelphia as like a diverse city, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. and maybe that's why it's so surprising now because of that reason. Yeah, you yeah. know, like you know, a bunch of old fucking. Ugh, yeah. God, duh. <laughs> I know the history of my home state, and I know the history of all that, but it still is just like, come on. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, Pennsylvania, I, uh, and it yeah. was Harrisburg. Fuck Harrisburg. <laughs> Sorry, you can cut no, that why? No, I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> if you're in Harrisburg right now, I'm sorry. Oh, we still love you. It's not a deal breaker. Okay, so on October 16th, the Pennsylvania State Convention of Baseball in Harrisburg denied admission to the, quote, colored Pythian Baseball Club. So in 1884, the Chicago Chicago Club made a successful threat months in advance of another exhibition game at Toledo to have Fleet Walker sit out. The 1887 Anson made a successful threat by telegram before the exhibition game against the Newark Little Giants of the International League that it must not play its two black players, Fleet Walker and George Stovey. The year before, in 1883, prominent National League player Cap Anson had threatened to have his Chicago team sit out an exhibition game at then-minor league Toledo if Toledo's Fleet Walker played. Anson backed down, but not before uttering the n-word on the field vow and vowing that his team would not play in such a game again a little bitch boy in 1887 anson made a successful threat by telegram before the exhibition game against the newark little giants of the international league that it must not play its two black players fleet walker and pitcher george stovey yeah the influence of the players and the racism in the society led to segregation efforts in professional baseball. In 1887, the High Minor International League voted ban the signing of new contracts with black players. So it it all started around that time. Anyways, so it there's there's a lot that goes into this. There's in Wikipedia there is a baseball color line article and it it talks a lot about that. But yeah, so there there was a color barrier and took a really long time to get black players back into baseball. So it's like there was a few in like 1880s something mm-hmm. and then like it didn't happen again until mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson. Yeah. yeah. In the documentary After Jackie, it's it talks a lot about some of the major players. There were three players that were black. There was 
Bill White, Kurt Flood, and Bob Gibson are they are three big names in the black players that followed Jackie Robinson. They say that Bob Gibson, who joined in 1959, was the most feared pitcher. They were still having the problems with black people not allowed not being allowed to stay in hotels. It was still a Jim Crow South, you know, mm-hmm. so they were still being treated like shit. Bob Gibson said that they had to stay in the quote colored town to stay anywhere the yacht club of the cardinals so they were on the cardinals eventually all of them ended up together on the cardinals but there was a yacht club that they had team dinners at and they weren't allowing black people into that yacht club isn't that just like a yacht club type thing to do Mm -hmm. the naacp got involved and alex haley and wendell smith got to writing about how the hotels wouldn't let them stay and so they actually bought a motel for the black players for integration so the black and white players stayed at the same motel because they purchased the motel oh wait the NAACP did no the Cardinals oh the Cardinals did oh yeah yeah wow yeah so the 1961 Cardinals team was meshing super hard like it was Kind of like how they um, describe like team integration in like Remember the Titans. It was giving off that same vibe of like they were in their own little world and they were able to like practice together. You know, it felt like things were just normal between mm-hmm. black and white players. And then they came back to real life and it's the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the whole 60s civil rights movement yeah. was happening around them. Anyway, so the Cardinals ended up winning the pennant with them nice. on the team. And they also became world champs against the Yankees. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. They, the Cardinals were like a faster team style because the Negro League had that faster pace and Mm -hmm. so they were able to teach their team more around that strategy yeah yeah so this is 1964 this was against the Yankees with Mickey Mantle on the team Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's like huge but nobody knew Bob Gibson yet and so they totally underestimated him and his throwing style and their team chemistry and they ended up winning against the Yankees nice mm-hmm. thing that I saw like Bob Gibson he threw a pitch and it got hit like close to him and mm-hmm. he like lunged out grabbed it with his bare hands and then midair threw it to first <laughs> no shit and that's when everyone was like Oh, fuck. oh, holy mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's when they knew who Bob Gibson was. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what we're dealing with. Okay. okay. Mind. <laughs> I feel so bad for Kurt Flood. He, yeah, he w- at at one time, he was considered the best center fielder. But in 1968, he was like missing. He wasn't doing well. He had asked for a raise and they wouldn't give it to him because he should be lucky to even be playing. Because of contracts in baseball players back then, there was a reserve clause where basically the teams could do whatever they wanted with you. Like your pay, your transfers, everything. You had no control over your freedom. You were to the whim of these teams' contracts. They could trade you with... with, At the drop of a hat. At the the drop of a hat, yeah. Um, So he ended up getting traded to the Phillies, which was the worst team. Yeah. And so he refused to 
to sign the transfer. And he went on to sue the Major League Baseball for his freedom. He ended up getting pelted with cans. He had like all of this, like all of these threats and stuff. One day there was a black wreath on his, like on his locker. Oh, God. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So he was so freaked out. Like, if they can get to my locker, they can get to me. Yeah. And so he just quit and got on a plane to Spain. Who was doing this? Was it people in Philadelphia? It was. was it Philadelphia? I, yeah, it was Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> the whole city of Philadelphia was against it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so there was like a lot of threats and lots of things. This was when he was on the Phillies team? Well, no, it wasn't the Phillies because he refused to sign. He refused uh, to sign. Okay. Yeah. Also, so, um, and this was just like, like it was lashing out because he was suing the yeah so he He wanted equal pay yeah Yeah. on the team that he was on and now he was gone for months and then he found out that his suit went to the supreme court oh wow Mm -hmm. and only three people came to plea his case and one of them was jackie robinson oh yeah yeah and i guess as jackie went up to to be on the stand he kind of whispered to kurt to keep his head up and that he was doing the right thing ultimately he ended up losing the case and he had said no one else can own me and he refused to move and be traded bill white retired in 1969 the first black man to be in broadcasting cool and in 1989 was the 13th president of the national league Oh, wow. So there cool. was indeed a um, black president of the National League. So, That's cool. Yeah. Eventually, the league let go of the reserve clause, and now there are free agents. You are allowed to be a free agent now. So in 1981, 20% of the league was black players. The 50th anniversary of Jackie playing the number 42 was retired. Like in all teams? Yes. Oh, okay. Yep, across the league. Nobody else can have 42. When that happened, they allowed the people that did have the number 42 to keep that until they were done with with playing. But after that, no one else was allowed to have the number. Kurt Flood died in the 90s. Gibson died in 2020. And Bill White is still around. No shit. Yeah, it's a really great documentary. If you have the chance to watch it, it's worth I'm watching. Going to. Yeah, it, it just talks about, you know, this is not a fixed issue. Everyone has this mentality of, oh, Jackie Robinson made it okay for black players to play. Therefore, racism is solved. It's like when Obama was made president, everyone had this thing of, oh, America's cured of racism. Yeah. Like, and that is so obvious that it is not. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But um, yeah, so there's a lot of work that still needs to be done within the league. And the Mm. same goes for all sports, honestly. It's, I mean, even in roller derby, there's, there's still lots of things that need to change. Anyways, I love this movie and everything that it stands for. And again, I choose movies that I really care about and want to learn more about. And I learn this way, watching movies and then reading about it. So (laughs) thank you for coming on this journey with me. Well, fuck, Court. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was awesome. That was really, really incredible. Should we eat some Oreos? Let's eat some Oreos dipped in orange juice. The internet said it would be good. 
Oh, the internet. It has never led us astray. Mm-hmm. Right? Not once. Never. Not once. I guess I should have confirmed it on TikTok. <laughs> I really, really like these mugs. They're cute. Huh? They're very cute. Uh, dipping and orange juice. Uh, orange juice. Oh my orange. god. Do we do a good soak or? I don't That's know. what I was thinking. Mormons really? don't get triggered soaking. They're soaking yeah. our own. Do you know what that is? I know what that oh, is. Yeah. I, this is what is. You guys do you ready? hear this? Salute. Oh. <laughs> that was nice. Or salute. Whoa. Oh. Oh, okay. I see you. What? My mouth is confused. That's really interesting. It's like those chocolate oranges. The no. or- chocolate oranges or those jelly sticks. You know the orange jelly oh, with the sticks with the chocolate dipped in the dark chocolate. Oh, it totally does. Oh, a little. But then they're chocolate covered orange flavored jelly stick. I don't mm-hmm. know if I or know what raspberry. That is. Or raspberry. Yeah, oh, raspberry. Ooh, I love them too. so much. I that love the good. texture of them. Oh yeah, it like you can like I like to like eat the chocolate off of the jelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Wow. Okay. Good job, internet. Yeah. You know? Wow, the internet did not fail us this I know. time. Mm. Well, you know, I'm gonna like honestly, like I'm gonna give that a nine. Like I I'd give very it an much eight. very much enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm gonna say eight point seven five. <laughs> wow. Eight point seven five. Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well fuck, man. There you have it, folks. I highly recommend at least once in your life. Yeah, try yeah, it. Just cause. Yeah. Go ahead and dip an Oreo in your orange juice. Yeah, oh, get have adventure. And, and if you're in that Oreo cult, just know that you can share your orange juice too. Yeah. Emily? I would rather you share your orange juice than your milk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Emily, take us home. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like our podcast and want to make sure other people get to hear us, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us reach more listeners. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Our theme song was written and recorded by Paul. And if you like metal music, you can follow his band, Pathos and Logos, on Instagram at pathos.logos. You can follow us on Instagram at inspiredbymovies, on Twitter at inspiredby underscore pod, and on YouTube at inspiredbymoviesthepodcast. We have options for supporting us if you care to. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash inspiredbymovies. Or if you would rather a one-time donation, you can do so on Venmo at MKUltra88. If you have any suggestions for movies or what to pair on Oreos and sub. And please, I am, we are running out of stuff to figure out what to eat with Oreos. So please, if I'm going to beg for anything, yeah, (laughs) give us more ideas. (laughs) If you don't want to give us money, at least give us ideas for Oreos. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Email us at inspiredbythepodcast at gmail.com. We would love, love, love to hear anything about your experiences with a true story inspiring a movie. We would, we'd also love to have any of our listeners on an episode if they have any expertise in the subject. And as Courtney's junior high vice principal always always said, make it a great day or not. The choice is yours. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.